Hi, this episode was recorded a few months back and is just now arriving through the 2020 time vortex. We are back on our normal recording schedule, so brand new content is just around the corner. Happy listening. I just envisioned Tom with a mullet, and it's just, that's... What would be wrong with that? I actually have a mullet Nothing. wig I'm trying to get rid of. Do you want it? I can just no. take... No! He's going for the real thing. Let him go. Well, but you can just have it, and it can just and leave And we can try it out. He's house. got a little Billy Ray going right now. I don't need someone else's wig... Either it's my wig to begin with, or it's trash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Outpost, a podcast about inspired thinking. We are all about to lose it already here at the beginning, but at least we're here together. I'm here, Miss Lacey, and we've also got Mr. Mark, Miss Teresa, Mr. Tom. Here we are. Yeah, we are. All right. So how are you feeling today? Is everybody feeling okay? Do we have any symptoms, any that's, negative symptoms? That's exactly how we're feeling. No one's puked or passed out. I think that's a good... Those, that's, that's the true. list of possible symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> People are either fine, puking, or passed out. All right. Well, since we're fine, let's just move on to community questions. Teresa, what do you have for us today All in the right. mailbag? So the first one, why don't you guys talk about games more? I understand you're a creative company and not everyone plays games, but you have a unique perspective and most of your audience does play games uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. we all <laughs> what is it gonna be I, i've got to butcher this somehow every time it's endearing so the question is why like, don't you talk about games more yeah is there more to the question Basi- it goes on for a bit they they basically want to know they say that they love tom and mark's opinions about the gaming industry and game design so oh. you guys got street cred and they just you know we can do some of that today. give me the games yeah. So why some, don't we? Some of that today. <laughs> like eventually, you know. I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I, I that's think, a good question. Yeah, it's and it is surprising that this is what our podcast is. And it's not about games. It's not a board game podcast. It's not a board game industry podcast because mm-hmm. we are not a board game company, which is a little confusing because so far we have made board games. Correct. But that's not historically who we are as a company. That's not currently who we are as a company. And as we continue to make more products that will become more clear. But what we're trying to bring into the world isn't board game products. Like that is not the motivation for us at all. And so what we're trying to bring into the world through our community conversations is not just more about board games. That said, I think it would be neat. Maybe we should do every couple episodes, we do a board game focused episode where we talk about something board gaming and that's the feature of that episode. And if you don't listen to the outpost for that content, skip that episode. Sure. Well, it's a big part of what we do. Yeah. We just don't want to be defined by it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's actually quite a large part of what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's the majority of what we are about, but we don't want to be limited by that. And our future plans involve doing more games, but a lot of other stuff too. So and I do think a lot of the things that we talk about on this show are tangentially related to board games that that is a creative endeavor about bringing something out of yourself and experiencing something in community and so i think it's all board game adjacent but we we should do some more content that's board game specific so we hear you long-winded community (laughs) member (laughs) next question how big do you imagine your team getting are you hiring Hmm. what types of positions are you hoping to add next if i offered to be paid in friendship and snacks can i start tomorrow 
That's basically how I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) We already have Lacey. We can't afford more snacks. So that's a great question, though, Mark. How big do you imagine the Orange Neighborhood team growing? We talk about this. We scale as we need to in order to accomplish what we want to. So we don't have a number in mind. We do want to do more things. We want to create more stuff. And that creates the need for more processes and more people and more talent, more abilities. Orange Nebula. Do more stuff, make more things. Yeah. Yeah, that's really... <laughs> yeah. And then you, you bring in you know, the right people because culture is definitely a thing. And yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't know how to answer that. Like, You've always I, talked about wanting to stay pretty small. Yeah, we don't have a number in mind and the number is 12. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's probably our next number. <laughs> what do you think is some of the next positions that we're actually going to be trying to fill? We talk about that a lot right now, actually. What do you... We need, at the time we're recording this today, an animation person, somebody who does animation that can do stuff like what you see in Kickstarters, but also, you know, digital ads and just audio kind of, editing, yeah, video media, editing, a media, media production yeah. person, mm-hmm. video. But there's definitely a skill set there of somebody who actually knows how to do animation. Yeah, everyone in the office can fumble their way through stuff, but we need someone that that's their thing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and yeah we'll probably be putting together some type of a form for the website if that's something you're interested in and one uh, of the check boxes can be like you know will you work for trade what would you barter wants to work for friendship yes <laughs> it's and just French beef fries. jerky and which promo is that packs. was that was a great thing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it was promo packs maybe beef jerky in promo packs i'm just saying it might be a good idea and then after that maybe a logistical person yeah mm. someone to be a full-time logistics instead of mark and i doing it angrily in you know in the nighttime hours around the rest of the job mm-hmm. like it's we're, we're reaching the scale where we need someone that's really focused on that as a mm-hmm. full-time thing good questions yeah th- i mean there's going to be half a dozen people that we in the next few years ideally would bring in and, and give friendship to all of them. i tell you what i don't really view i don't view them as roles and responsibilities i view those as human beings that kind of lend more than the job description to what we do here, because I think people are more than their title. I know that's really kind of amorphous. So we'll, as we grow, we'll probably put some feelers out there and kind of see if anybody in the community, you know, knows anybody or is interested in that type of thing. If you are fantastic at any of those things, do feel free to reach out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So the next question, this is not a personal cry for help. This is me reading the question. Okay. okay. Sure. Caveat. Let's see. You ready? And I'm going to read it word for word. I feel incredibly overwhelmed, like like randomly start crying without knowing why overwhelmed. Pursuing new projects seems like the last thing I should be doing. Seems impossible. How do you do it? Mm. My initial response is that's an indicator to keep going, not an indicator to stop. And we talked about this a couple episodes ago when we were talking about safety, safety mm -hmm. zones and comfort zones and the difference between the two. Boy, there's some depth on this one that we yeah. can get. You know, my initial response is if it feels overwhelming, all you have to do is slow down and do one thing at mm-hmm. a time, right? If you have a thousand things on your list, which is what we do every day, I promise you, all you have to do is choose one and do that one well and then move on to the next one. And pretty soon you're going to find that you have half of them done. Yeah. And then you have three quarters of them done and then you're done. 
And I don't know. I've never been done in my life. It's, it's, there's a little bit of a, it's a choice. It's a mental choice to just say, I'm choosing not to feel overwhelmed. I'm choosing not to. I've been trying I, to to redirect my thoughts around my feelings. Okay. So the feeling of overwhelm and anxiety, is it really anxiety or is it this like preparation for action? You know, this like ability that I have to act. However, I think some of the original question your thoughts about slowing down, I think, can be very important, right? Sometimes we're moving so, 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 so fast that everything's a blur and everything's an overwhelm. And when we allow ourselves to just sink deeply into our own quiet, there's a lot more room there than let ourselves believe when we're moving so quickly. I mean, I think that there were a couple red flags in that question. You know, if you are so overwhelmed that you are randomly breaking down, I think that's a good time to pause, pull yourself out and really kind of put your feet back on the ground. Like whatever centered looks like, find center. Exactly. That's what I mean by like yeah. sinking. Okay. Yeah. And that, that might include making sure that your battery is full by sleeping and eating properly, exercising. Getting like, enough water. If your battery isn't full, then you're really not able to give your best anyway, and it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. So your first move should be to take care of yourself. And then you've got, you know, innate responsibilities and there's things that are really priorities, you know, kids and those types of things. But nothing is worth, you know, I mean, you're going to have to make choices about what's worth stressing over. And the answer to that is, right, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's all small stuff. Yeah. I have two thoughts about this. I think this is kind of a 2020 question. Take comfort. You aren't alone. Mm -hmm. There are most of us that are feeling overwhelmed in a way this year that we're not normally. I agree. And it's not that you're existing in some state of personal failure. It's that you're existing in a world that's in a state of being overwhelmed right now. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you're not alone in this like, at all. Even in our in this room right here, how many of us are feeling overwhelmed? I think everyone all in the us? world yeah. is feeling a little bit overwhelmed in more than usual, whether they're conscious of it or not. Mm-hmm. So take some comfort in that. Like, give yourself some grace. Yeah, I think that's yeah. wise. And I think also for myself, when it comes to you know pursuing passion projects, which we talk about on this show, no, it is not going to represent less work in your life right from that perspective it will be more overwhelming but it will also be a relief for your soul Mm -hmm. and it may lessen the sense of overwhelming i wanted to say it like increases your capacity for whelm yeah (laughs) yeah you're doing something that has a deeper meaning and and so yeah you're you may be increasing your personal workload but the thing inside that you can't quite define that just feels wrong like it may alleviate that Mm -hmm. you can ride the passion too if we're talking about projects that are your passion project i had this conversation with tom yesterday in relation to something else but you can choose the things that most closely relate to your passion you know from a soul perspective and just really focus on why you're doing those things because of the joy that it brings you in that will probably start to peel away the overwhelming feeling. If you're trying to do everything, that's very overwhelming. Yeah. So what you have to do is is kind of ration it out. Okay, well, I can't do 45, you know, hours of this a week. I can only do this many. So make those ones count 
instead of trying to do it all. Totally. That makes a ton of sense. I think that was actually the last community question. Oh, no, there's there's one more. Woo-hoo. Okay, so what is a television show that you've watched more than any other show ever in your life? I think they understand that we're just not watching anything now, so they're trying to go for <laughs> historical data. Back when you watch television. It's <laughs> TV. I find shows with specific characters that I like to study. House of Cards is one that I've watched every episode at least six times because the Claire Underwood character by Robin Wright, I basically just analyze all of her choices, how she made her choices, when and why she made the choices she made throughout her life in that character. And so that's one that I've watched over and over and over again as a character study. Mm -hmm. I need to finish that. I never watched the last season. I just like any shows that have a very strong female lead. I am quite drawn to figuring out everything about her. (laughs) I've watched it through probably at least twice. And that was Lie to Me. I had read and learned about Paul Ekman and his work on uh, micro expressions. And then when I learned that they had a show, I was super excited. That was amazing. So micro expressions are the concept that there's seven different faces that we make unconsciously, universally, you know, just everywhere. Knowing that that exists and then knowing that there are people out there who are trained human lie detectors that can pick up on everything. Mm -hmm. And so the show like breaks down like how something happened. Like somebody does a shoulder shrug and well, that means this. And it's awesome to see it in a fictionalized process and just to imagine that Paul Ekman's group actually does that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is my face saying to you right now? I don't want to say it out loud. Okay. <laughs> Super offensive. My most watched show is definitely The X-Files. Really? Like, mm. By leaps and bounds. I've probably seen every episode of The X-Files a dozen times. Really? At least. Some of them five times that. Wow. The X-Files is great because it's like a chameleon. Like there is an episode of The X-Files for whatever mood you're in. Like mm. profoundly silly, just straight up comedy full-on horror, snugly warm, cozy feels. Like, no matter what mood you're in, The X-Files has something. And do you know them well enough now that you're like, I'm in this mood, let's go to season seven, episode five? I mean, I know the episode I'm looking for, but then we have to, like, dig through the box sets to find that episode. Mm -hmm. But I'll know very specifically, like, we want to watch the one that's done like Cops, and then Mm -hmm. we have to find that episode. Mm -hmm. But... Oh, I, I love that like show. Cops. That was a good one. It's funnier than heck. <laughs> and that and probably Arrested Development. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. There, there were a couple years where I just would put that on mm-hmm. and it would just be on. Like I would get home and turn it on and I wouldn't even watch it. It would just kind of be in be the background, background being noise. my friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't do that anymore, but that was something I used to do. Mm-hmm. Be in the background being my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now he just has that weird neighbor standing in the background being his friend. <laughs> <laughs> I like that laugh. Yes. huh what tom he has a neighbor now that he thinks of it i mean i just had like weird personal revelations it's either perfect for podcasts or terrible for podcasts but that's not something that i have ever done since i quit drinking interesting i used to do that all the time i would come home i would turn on shows and they would just exist in the background Mm -hmm. but since i quit drinking like i'd never do that interesting i wonder the correlation Hmm. i wonder if there's more of a wholeness there now Probably like, like less of a need for for like weird for input filler. distraction yeah. filler mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. What about you, Mark? I don't think I consume episodes of shows more than once. My attention goes way up when I'm watching something, and I'm the guy that doesn't like 
you know, loud distractions like in the movie theater, people crunching their popcorn or like it's annoying to me. And I hate that about myself, but that's just the way it is. Do you? I do. Interesting. So I don't go there anymore and I just watch them at home by myself. So I don't have to deal with that. And um, <laughs> You don't have to hate that about yourself because you're right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like everyone or, needs to or shut asking up. Asking questions or yeah. Like I, I think it ruins, like I'm really trying to immerse in what I'm watching and because I do that, I absorb and I observe so much data from each episode. It doesn't feel like a good return on my time to watch it more than once, even though I know full on and I have I have watched some things more than once. And I know full on that I'm going to pick up more of the second and third time. But there's, you know, diminishing returns on that. And I find that there's too much other amazing, cool content to consume if I'm going to have a very narrow window of time that I actually allow myself to watch TV specifically, TV shows or seasonal shows as opposed to like movies. I would never watch a show six times like you. I'm I'm Lacey much Jane. more like that now that I don't watch things very often. I also wonder if like for me, when I watch things more than one time, I wonder if part of it is almost generationally because I usually have another device out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more like a background and I'm not like intently watching with presence the way that you're talking about and getting immersed in the story because I know it. And so it's just playing almost like what you were saying. It's playing a, a little bit in the background while maybe I'm doing another task or something or I'm I'm doing yoga or... If I choose to do that, it'll be something super light and not heavy, something that is either nostalgic or brings joy or something like Seinfeld episodes. Mm-hmm. The like, Office. Like old yeah. Seinfeld mm-hmm. or The Office or something like that where it's just light and they're they're focused on joy and you know relaxed conversations and they're funny and they're not like intense because mm-hmm. I'm already intense enough <laughs> if I'm honest. So, yeah, I will occasionally do that. I found recently that I don't even do that. I shut the TV off, I put the headphones on. It's like instrumental music of some kind. Sometimes it's more upbeat if I'm feeling energetic and sometimes it's more down tempo. Sometimes worried about it's just your ear piano. canals. You you stuff those things in your ear canals every day. I'm just a little worried about your ear canals. My ear canals are all right. They're good. Don't you have those over ear? Yeah, but he like always puts three hundred dollar headphones. When I'm working at home, I have the big over the ears. Oh, yeah. You do, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll say because I know people who've gotten the tip of their AirPod stuck in their ear, and it was there for like weeks, and they didn't know, and they just oh. had this constant pain. And oh my god, they gosh. didn't know. How do you they, not know? I you know I can give you their number. Who are these you people? Can, <laughs> dude, how big are their ear canals? <laughs> Tell us about these people in your life that have headphones stuck in their ears for, for weeks? weeks without knowing. It was literally two weeks of like, oh my god, having terrible trouble sleeping and constant pain, and then they found it and started like had to pull it out with tweezers. It was <laughs> whole thing. It was a oh whole gosh. thing. They need to quit drinking too. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, that's the end of our community questions. Let's move into the main topic that I'm bringing today. Bring it. Bring okay. the main topic. Bring it on. Fingers right All right. Uh, main topic today Just is... Bring it in with your crooked fingers. <laughs> Shut up. Main topic today is stop sucking. Okay. So what do I mean by this? Oh, I thought you she know, was talking you... to me. <laughs> she like, looked right at me. She's like, stop sucking. I'm going to tell you the main topic for today. Listen, Teresa. The main Glad topic you're here. Is... How did we both feel she was looking right at us? We 
We're I sitting think so that's far a away. projection we're, of your we're, own we're like environment. Eight, eight feet apart, and we both feel chastened by you. Good. The topic today is how Lacey can tell them how to stop sucking. That's correct. And Mark's so, going to join her for this. So overall, I want us to be thinking about what some of the uh, bad habits we know that we have and we know that we need to change. And maybe we just need to verbalize them out loud a little bit and talk through it. What really makes you suck? What makes you suck, Tom? What habits do you have that you need to turn around because you suck? Hmm. I have one. Well, really I'll defend some ahead. of my habits because a lot of my current habits were the replacement of really bad habits. Okay. So my my current vices are more forgivable. Okay. Your current vices are just sucking less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. Less suction. They're, they're filling in for really bad ones. Uh-huh. So are you going to defend them? No. Go okay. ahead, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, my big thing is a knee jerk no. Like, mm. I created something big file size, and he, Tom's like, this is excellent. Amazing job figure out how to make a smaller file size. Nope. And like, Oh, you have this reaction. Mm -hmm. And I recognize like if given the chance, like, Hey, this is going to be really hard. My internal response is no, can't do it. Can't do this. And here's the reasons. But I know that about myself. And I know like I've even coined it as a knee jerk. No, to be Mm -hmm. like, okay, I need to stop that. I've named it. Okay. That's a great step. First step of the process. Right. Uh huh. And there's 11 more steps about how to get rid of it. But Mm -hmm. you know, so your knee-jerk nose. Knee Why jerk do you? Knows. So what is it? Why do you think that you choose that, intentionally or unintentionally? I don't necessarily choose it. It chooses me. You know, it's me saying, "Hey, that's not going to be an easy thing." Like, so it's about ease. I think so. I I think I recognize the strain, the tension, the things in the way. Hmm. You've got thoughts on this. I can see. So your yeah, eyeballs. I'm looking at you as you're talking, and I'm thinking that seems really hardwired the way that you're presenting that. Because you said it chooses you, mm-hmm. right? Like it's mm. no longer a choice. It bypasses that wiring, you know, for the decision in the brain. And it just is like, this is, that's not, you know. I have no happen. free will in this situation. Right. <laughs> exactly. Data response, no. Can I change my automatic no? No. Right. <laughs> Overruled. It goes deep. I think knowing that that's where my brain goes, it makes me stop and go, okay, wait, is that really a no? Like, when I'm conscious and like present with it, I can work through it and I'll get quieter for longer before responding because mm. I understand that about myself. But if there's a, hey, do you think that? Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope, not optional. The, the awareness of it means there's hope well, <laughs> to let stop me, sucking. <laughs> let me flip that on its head and say that I think with you saying that, I think one of mine is an automatic yes. The number of times per week that I say, yes, I will do something and I fail at doing it within the time that I said that I was going to do it is many per week. Every week I say, yes, I will do this by this time. And I do it by four days later. Like, but why as an adult human who's had a business for 10 years, why can I not just say the correct time that I'm going to do something? Why do I say yes and then not do it and do it late? I don't know what's wrong with me. That's something I've struggled with too. It was like, you know, being in a group of people and they're like, hey, we need someone to take care of this or take lead on this or yes. take lead on this. And I'm like, I'll do it all. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. I can do that. Oh, I, you know, and it's like, yeah, in a vacuum, I would be able to do that. But I also am doing these 12 things. Mm-hmm. Why am I trying to take on a new thing? And yet, and then I still do it and I do a good job, but lots of other things get sacrificed, mm-hmm. including my own integrity. That's, there it is. Mm. Because I know I'm not gonna do it in the time I say when I say it. I, there's a part of me that knows. And so I'm, I'm like killing my own integrity every time I do it, and I do it over and over and over again. 
it's opportunity cost. I, I have learned some hard lessons on this topic over the years. And one of them, when you own a small business, a lot of times you'll deal with clients that either don't want to pay you what they should be paying you, or they want an unrealistic timeline. And you concede because you need the money or you tell yourself that you need something from that. And what you've really done is you've minimized your own value, not just to yourself, but to them. And then you enable them to abuse you in the future. And then you start to get other referrals and those referrals are going to be like, Oh yeah, they'll do it for this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they'll do it on a dime. Right. And those things are not going to set you up for success. Those things are, you know, it's harder to say no than it is to say yes. And it's better often to say no than it is to say yes, is what I've found for myself. And saying yes has always come at the cost of something else that I could have said yes to. And that is the thing that I have found needs to be weighed. Mm. I remember having a professor tell me that every time I say yes to something, I'm saying no to other things. I don't think that's any impact on the knee jerk. No, I think, I mean, I'd love to say that she was that inspirational. I have a feeling that that habit was there before she said that. That's what I meant to say. Maybe I didn't say it the right way, but saying yes to something means you have to say no to something else that you mm-hmm. probably should have said yes to. Mm-hmm. Or you just did by giving away your time because mm-hmm. you're going to fail at something else. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the premise? I guess so. I mean, yeah. that's on, you know. What I find happens is I've built up a really great skill set of charm, you know, and so nobody really ever minds. I can always talk my way out of it and show up and have a good product and I deliver, but I don't like it. Like, I really don't like. And that's a lot of charm energy that you have to maintain yes. to survive yeah. yourself. True. To turn it on. <laughs> survive yes. the bed you've made. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's interesting I'll go here for a second and again about feel, yourself feels or about vulnerable about me. Okay. Oh, okay. So I, like I was feeling targeted. Like this is the- <laughs> no, I feel like I have the opposite reaction when something difficult comes at me. There's either something competitive inside of me or something that makes me want to overcome the thing, regardless of how difficult it is. And that makes me want to say yes. And again, that begets the problem I just described of saying yes too often at the cost of my own health or what's healthy for the business or what's healthy for my staff or my family or whatever. And I feel like getting burned or learning hard lessons in life kind of toughens you up a little bit and you start to feel a little bit more confident in some of those ways. But at the same time, you learn to see challenges as stepping stones, as things that are going to take you higher. And so the harder something is, the more I feel like I want to just dive into the fray. And I find that that is not always the best place to put myself, Mm -hmm. right? Like saying yes is appropriate sometimes and saying no is appropriate sometimes. And sometimes it's yes or no based on these conditions, right? And it's almost always that, actually. It's almost like you need to have conditions for that. I feel like if I could go back and rewind decisions I made as a business owner years and years ago about, oh, yes, I would love to do that under these conditions. Mm -hmm. I would have been way more successful in those years and happier and had less stress and anxiety. And I've also said yes to things that were absolutely overwhelming and difficult and way too hard than they should have been. Because my knee-jerk reaction was to say yes because it's so hard. 
something that I've gotten a lot better at over the years, but I think I still am working on is a tendency to sort of talk over people or railroad mm-hmm. myself into a conversation. Like if I have something to say and I feel like the conversation is going away from my opportunity to say it, like I'll just kind of take over or restate something that someone else was just saying. And because you can say it better. Or because I feel like, and it's not necessarily, oh, I can say this better. I get what you're getting at. Oh, almost like this compulsiveness to reflect back to them. Kind of, but I think it doesn't come across to people that way. Like it, I don't consciously think of it as being insulting or frustrating to the other person, but I think that's what it ends up being most Mm -hmm. of the time Mm -hmm. because I don't have an accurate gauge of my behavior Mm -hmm. in this regard. I used to be much louder. Like I was that annoying. I mean, I have a boomy kind of voice and I was very exuberant and loud and I was probably a very annoying high schooler. And I have chilled over the years, but I think Sometimes I just kind of, my personality becomes a little dominating. I don't Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. quite how to say it. You guys probably know exactly what I'm talking about and could explain it better than I am, but. I don't know. You've never really over talked over me in a way that I felt uncomfortable by. Maybe Mark, but. (laughs) Talked over me or I do, I've talked over you. No, no, no. We're talking about Tom's issues right now. We're we're talking about Tom's issues right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I think what is this the therapy session? We were taking turns on the couch. That's what all, all right. these podcasts are. No, to, to <laughs> give, like subversive therapy. To give you credit, I think you've probably worked on yourself more than you think you have because I haven't experienced that yeah. either. So you're probably oh, very aware of this from previous endeavors. Well, now that I've pointed it out, you'll see it. And- I'm, I'm going <laughs> to affirm I, I have seen it, but I love you, man. Um, well, good. I make it my business to be as aware as I can of how my actions affect other people, the the things I do and say affect other people. But also internally, I don't talk about it a lot with the staff, but I make it a practice to observe other people's interactions because it really deeply affects our culture and our success as a company. I probably have stated that in a way that's much more significant than what I actually do. I observe you all in the way that you interact with each other. It's my goal to do that, I should say. I'm working on it. (laughs) The the humans that live here and and work here. Drone 3 is slowing down. (laughs) That's right. I think I should probably stop talking now. (laughs) It's funny. You probably see it more because you are also a very strong personality. And like, if you and I are working not together on something, like, it will be Mark's will be done, unless I insist on Tom's will be done, and then we kind of have a back and forth. Maybe I don't know. You and I also just exist in a heightened state of everything when we're together. I don't see this so much with you and I because you and I just we agree that we can be a certain level of abrasive with each yeah, other. Yeah, we just fight and it's really productive it for is. everyone. It's, well, that friction you guys creates go traction. Go for a walk, and we just assume you guys are frolicking. No. Frolicking? I can't be involved in the kind of conversations you two have. You're like, well, that's dumb because da 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 And I was like, I would cry. Like, if it were me, I'm glad. I mean, We don't say dumb. I don't know. I've, I've heard seen, you both say I've that's seen the dumb. Slack, and then I've seen those <laughs> messages delete. <laughs> Listen, like I said, friction creates traction. We talk about this. Tom and I operate. When we're, when we're working on difficult problems, we 
have determined that we've created a safe space where we can speak our mind and we can be a little bit abrasive and truthful with each other and not have to beat around the bush and hide behind professionalism. And that is actually one of the reasons that he and I go on so many walks is because then it's just the two of us and we can have whatever conversation we need to have or that we're going to have or that's going to be the most fruitful right now that wouldn't necessarily be appropriate to have in front of everyone mm-hmm. or that would make other members of the team feel maybe uncomfortable mm-hmm. with the amount of friction that's going on. <laughs> yes. And and we would be changing the way that we are talking because other people are around mm-hmm. and, you know, don't fight in front of the kids. Yeah, exactly. And I don't feel like we fight. Like we don't like there are. There you are, fight for things. Yes. You don't fight with each other. That's correct. That's yes. That's mm-hmm. absolutely 1000% correct. Those are the rules of engagement. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The reason that we give ourselves space to do that is because we care so much about it. This is passion work. If this was cubicle life, we wouldn't be doing that. We wouldn't need to. Put column C in column B. Yeah, fine. Is that how it goes? Just do it. <laughs> memo. Yeah. That's that's how cubi- that yes, that's cubicle life right there. <laughs> Did I do it right? It's just people arguing about which column things go in. That's what I think. That's, that's what not I how you're supposed it. to structure the excels. Stop. Come on. <laughs> We have a process for this. I don't know if that's actually true. I'm going to take back what I said. I think regardless of what you're doing, if you're passionate about it and you're bringing your whole self, you're going to care vehemently about it. I was just going to say, in my previous career, I did have lots of heated discussions about columns columns and Power BI and terrible, (laughs) boring things. So you're very much right, Mark. Okay, let's get back to talking about our failings instead of how great we are. Okay. Bad habits, bad habits. I know I am very stubborn. Okay. And oh. I try, I mean, like, oh, surprise. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no kidding. Say no more. Yeah, all right. No, tell us about it. So I think the best example, it hasn't been here where this has happened, but there was a karate test where I was running on fumes and I honestly went, I don't know if I'm going to do well. Like my vision started to go a little bit. Karate tests can be really long and they're very demanding. And my instructor was watching me and his thoughts, he told me after the class were, I knew you were going to pass out. I just didn't know when. And so my goal was to get you separated from everybody else. So when you fell, you wouldn't hurt anybody. <gasps> and I was just going to let you push yourself till you did. Wow. I love this instructor. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Do you find that in other parts of your life too, that sense of stubbornness to just go regardless of what it means? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are times where I will check myself here where I'll be like, oh, it's that. Nope. Back down because I know what I can do. I know how stubborn I can be. And mm-hmm. I need to just put that monster back in the cage. Mm-hmm. What would you have done if the instructor had pointed out your trajectory? Hello, it looks like you're about to pass out. I don't think I would have changed course unless I was directed to change course because it was everybody else is doing this with this intensity. I will match. Mm-hmm. Stubborn. Yeah. And competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point where it's like, you know, my body's sending out warning signals and I'm like, push all systems to go. Mm-hmm. It's cool hearing you talk like this because I think that there's a fine line between stubbornness and integrity. Mm-hmm. Depending on the application, stubbornness to me kind of generally talks about the negative part of that, right? Yeah. Like, well, I won't because I won't. But the integrity part of it is I well, will I because I will. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of. 
Yeah, what are you being stubborn about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the motivation behind. Mm-hmm. Like, well, are you I being think... stubborn about your values? That's because a that's a great stubbornness. Stubborn about. Yeah. Exactly. That's my point. Because I've seen that really positive side come mm. out of you. There's times where I'll have resistance about something and I'll recognize I'm being resistant to this challenge the way I wanted to do it because that's how I had it in my brain. That's when I'll stop and go, that's not appropriate for this. So I'll try to cage that. It's funny. If I apply this to me, I would say that I am trying right now to reduce the amount of things that I'm stubborn about so that they are in that nice set of things that I should be. But I think that's something I should reflect on Mm -hmm. more. I think we should all maybe reflect a little bit more on that because I think it's really easy to to cop out to and say, well, I'm just, that's my integrity, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's a nice big wall to hide behind and it's Mm -hmm. not always really true. Mm -hmm. When I look at myself, what I find is people that I admire the most are flexible and they listen even when they feel very strongly. And that is not something that I would say is pervasive in our culture right now. Mm -hmm. I think our culture is, this is the way that I see it and this is the right way. And I don't really, if you believe differently, I don't want anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that just goes against what my core beliefs are. Like, I think we have an opportunity to learn and all those things. And it sounds really ideological, but I think for me personally, the more we just calm down like i've always believed this right well maybe you should reflect on that too Mm. right like like let's take a little bit more time to listen so that the line between integrity and stubbornness is something that i'm i've kind of have my eye on right now for myself right i think everybody kind of needs to have their own discernment there about what that means but it's interesting just to hear you talk about that i will continue to explain something even when my wife already gets the gist. Mm. Like I'll have started explaining something and she gets it and she has expressed that she gets it, but I already prepared a statement in my head. And so I finished the statement and I believe that it is annoying. (laughs) (laughs) And how have you come about that belief that it's annoying? I've been told. (laughs) Stop sucking. But she's not wrong. And it is annoying Mm -hmm. because I, when other people do that, I'm like, yes, I get it. Mm -hmm. No, you can stop. Like, I understand the thing that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Like, mm-hmm. But I do do that myself. And it is annoying. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. There, why do you, why do you we think found it's just one because that you sucks. already had the thought? You already had the thought and it just feels like it must come out of you? Because, I, yeah, I'm expressing something. And, yeah, you understand it. But for some reason, I am now on this trajectory of expression that will not be stopped, even though I recognize somewhere in the back recesses of my mind, like, stop. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that voice a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I want an illustration of that person in the back of my mind. They're just haggard. You've seen the commercial. Very tired. You've seen the cartoon Inside Out? Disney yes. with yes. all the emotions. No. I just imagine Tom's emotions around the control panel going, no, 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 no don't push the button. Don't mashing push the button. red buttons <laughs> to no avail. He's still speaking. <laughs> and Dinah's like, I got it five minutes ago. Okay. Yeah. It's really not that complicated. You're not nearly as smart as you think you are. It's just macaroni and cheese. <laughs>
Okay, so let me turn that one on its head again. One thing that I think is a bad habit that I've developed over time is that I really love cohesion. You know, I really, really, really love everybody having good, positive, happy feelings. And what that means is that sometimes there are things that I should say that I don't Mm. to keep the group cohesion and the group peace, even if it will end up being a detriment down the road right? Like I'm uncomfortable having this conversation with an employee. It'll probably shake itself out. It'll be fine. You know, I don't think I really need to have that conversation and I don't and something bad happens, you know? Oh, I should have had that conversation. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And then I'm so aware that I can at least look back and I can be like, yeah, I should have had that conversation. But do I change my behavior and actually start having some of those harder conversations? Not yet. I haven't. And I know that's something that I need to work on as I'm developing in my career. I need to be able to have these tough conversations. But somebody like me who, I don't know, I just, I effuse so much love and positivity and light. It's like, it's kind of hard for me to, I don't know, be a whole person. <laughs> well, like, when you think about... I developed this caricature that I love. <laughs> It's just all smiles and rainbows. Real girl. (laughs) (laughs) What were were you going to say? It's gone. It'll come back. It's a little one inside your head. Are you sure? (laughs) I'm running away. (laughs) The the train of thought has left the station. (laughs) It's way behind. It's good way. So at some point, I got to really work on having some more tough conversations. You know, holding people accountable. There it is. It's back. I don't know. I can hold myself accountable. I can't really hold other people accountable very well. I don't know. So if you were to think about how to roadmap fixing that, what would it look like? It always would probably start with little practice things. That's how I like to do. How can I start practicing this behavior by having little tough conversations? I have an idea. Let's hear it. And maybe this doesn't apply to you, but I'll just hypothetically. Okay. Someone was in your situation. You know how to talk to me. Keep going. Knowing the strength that they already have for scheduling things. Yes. I have noticed... With you, for example. Mm-hmm. That With this hypothetical person. This, yes. <laughs> Who like, happens to be sitting immediately right, next to Like, once it's on the calendar, it's done. Yeah, that's true. And procrastination of any kind, mm-hmm. once it's on the calendar, doesn't happen. It doesn't have a chance right. because you knock those things out. That's true. Hypothetically, a person in your situation who was good at those things mm-hmm. and put it on the calendar probably could so train themselves to knock those things yeah, out. It just like, says right there, like, set Brian straight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Intervention on Wednesday. Oh, it's 8 o'clock. Have it is a difficult on. conversation right here, and then it's over by this point, and I'm going to go get ice cream. That's terrifying. Snacks. You follow it, it makes, up with snacks. It, oh. You should just, homes? every Wednesday at noon, you have a difficult conversation. That's right. And you just start making ev- everyone in your idea. life could just Shoot. fear Wednesday at noon. Like, <laughs> is it my week? My phone's ringing. Should I answer? I no. might do it. Actually, that actually is not a horrible idea. It, it put it as a recurring meeting, and it's Ooh. like, who do I need to invite this week? I'm going to decline. It's called all the calls. purge. Claxons. <laughs> <laughs> There's just. No laws or rules available. It's like the movie The Purge. It's just like, you know, for this amount of time, no holds barred. My mom oh, my ha- mom hung up, so I've got to call somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so funny we just said my mom at the same time. <laughs> is it though? Is it is it funny? My mom's Sorry, Mrs. Having Lingle. Me, she's having me read Dare to Lead, one of the Brene Brown books. And the term that she uses for difficult conversations is rumble. We have like a group rumble or we have a, a rumble and it's, it's 
get ready to rumble. It's like, I don't know. That's kind of an interesting name for it. I could do my, my Wednesday noon rumbles. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. <laughs> and also Thursday. No, I can't do more than one right now. Rumbling, okay. bumbling, stumbling. Rumble, rumble, rumble. Anybody else socks? suck? You These can be bombas. rumble stillskin. These are, are those bumblebees? Socks. Yeah. So Bombas is a company, and whenever you buy one of <laughs> yeah, their they socks, <laughs> they give a pair to a nonprofit. Bumblebees. Mm. Why are we talking about socks right they now? Give I a asked pair about to them. Bumblebees. Yeah, he asked about my socks. So oh. product promotion. This episode. Where are your to shoes? By <laughs> right. You can Bumble. see oh. my shoes. <laughs> All right. Anybody else suck for any reason? Oh, I'm sure. This should really be like so, a call-in episode. What's What's funny is call-in episode. Everyone in our life, please tell us why tell we us suck. why we suck. My, you know, email us and tell us. See, now I'm talking yeah. over you. Email us and <laughs> tell us why we suck, and we'll we'll revisit this topic in a couple months. I like this idea. So, my husband does the same thing where he'll keep telling me things I already know, but I have a bad habit of saying, "Yeah, fast forward. Yeah, fast forward. Ooh, Get yeah. past this part." Uh-huh. And I've recognized that boy, that really just damages the relationship (laughs) (laughs) i go like this to my kids in the same vein alexa tell mason to turn down four notches you know and they'll actually do it they'll respond wow i'm gonna think about the many layers of that dynamic (laughs) (laughs) hopefully you do too (laughs) shut up tom let me let me be. Schedule it for Wednesday right before the rumble. Stop. I hate when y'all make me snore. Uh, don't edit that out. Oh, man. Uh, all right. No, are you all cute. happy with your level of suckitude? Should we be? I'm going to think of other things that make me suck after this. Okay. We'll have so to revisit it. This episode's it. a big downer is what it is. No, it's is there, not. Is there a point to this? Just suck the less. More That's you rhetorical. Verbalize, yes. yeah. The more you verbalize how and why you suck the less you'll suck okay wait right. i don't how many how many topics did you bring up i feel like the rest of us ponied up to the table oh well do you want me to suck more are you saying you don't that's one of the ways no. he sucks yeah. he doesn't yeah. see not at all how he I, sucks. I, no, on and on. I do really appreciate your message here though that healthy self-reflection and being aware of your own behaviors and your own shortcomings is a very healthy way to overcome them Mm. and just be sensitive to them and acknowledge that they're a part of you Mm -hmm. and that you can make little changes day to day just by seeing that those things are there. Mm -hmm. And there really is something to saying it out loud, Mm -hmm. like to hearing your own voice talk about things that you know that you should or need to be doing that you haven't done is a powerful tool. And I think it's also great to recognize that like an idea. That Mark has an idea. Sorry. Keep going. I don't want to talk over you. Just to recognize that having shortcomings or whatever we want to call these things doesn't make you crappy or a failure or whatever. Like it's just habits part of who you are Mm -hmm. that you need to work with Mm -hmm. and find ways to grow because of them, not necessarily in spite of them. Like sometimes the things that you struggle with empower you to have breakthroughs in yourself that you never would have had otherwise. And to let them be something that brings positive change to your life and not just a bummer. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's also important to think about these bad things. Like, and if we think of a trait, like for instance, for me being stubborn, the positive side is determined, right? Mm -hmm. If I am doing the right thing, I am determined. I have integrity, but the second it becomes unhealthy and now I'm just being stubborn. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I think some of that is maybe a lot of the habits we've talked about, like maybe you needing to get that thought out, maybe for you expressing things to completion is your skill set. That is your strength. But the second it becomes unhealthy, that's where it damages that relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or maybe it's, I need to recognize that self-expression is important to me. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. that's something I should cater my life around, like find ways to have that outlet. What's your idea? The story that you tell yourself is the one that's most likely to come true. We've talked about that. And reflection, I think, is really powerful, but writing it down sometimes helps people make it real. The physical act of writing it down, maybe there's like a, I don't know, some people journal, some people sketch and those types of things. And I was thinking, you know, like maybe you have this rumble session every week, but maybe it's not even with other people. Maybe you're just writing these things down. Mm. I think the act of writing something down, like your thoughts or ideas about difficult or difficult things or problems that you're working on will give you insights as to how to approach those things before you do anything about it. So especially if it involves someone else, writing down things seems like a really healthy exercise that would help reveal maybe any problem. It's like, it's like a, it's like a dry run, right? Like it might reveal, Oh, I'm glad I didn't say that to this person because I just wrote this down and it made me think of what might happen if that. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, you know, sanding down the edges and making it smoother before you actually take action. And I think there's nothing novel or new about this, but writing things down to me has been something that I've had to hard train, hardwire my brain to do. And I do this every morning to a certain extent. It fluctuates a little bit every day how much I do it, but I do it every day, seven days a week. And that might be one of the things that helps me this next year have those hard conversations with Tom, you know, or whatever they are. I have two thoughts. That is super true. It also is really true with goals. Mm-hmm. Like writing things down makes them real in a strange way. I've heard that it's like taking something from 1D as an idea to 2D on paper before it can become 3D. Like it's very difficult to go from 1D to 3D. 1D to 2D to 3D is a much better progression. That's cool. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. The other thought was he was referring to your rumble thing. And this was a thought I had earlier. Just knowing you. I just say this so this can be in your mind. Okay. I can very much see like the trajectory of you recognizing that you don't have those hard conversations and somehow turning this into a thing where instead of having those hard conversations, you develop some new habit for that, like where it becomes having hard conversations with yourself and about yourself and how you're going to, like write things down. Mm-hmm. Like you go to you write things down, but then it becomes more about you know Lacy confronting Lacy, and but it, and yet still never confronting those people about the things that need to be confronted because you end up taking things on to yourself. Which I have a habit of doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a self centering habit where I'm like, well, it's not that person that needs to change. I can adjust. Exactly. I think that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good awareness. We make things harder on ourselves, right? And this is a really bizarre example, but like shampoo. This is a bizarre example. (laughs) (laughs) We shampoo. And they say you're not supposed to shampoo every day, but these shampoos tell you to shampoo every day. So they kind of created this 
conditioner, right? Like instead of instead of using the one product less, they've trained us to buy an extra product to coincide with the bad habit that we're already using yes. for using the one product too much. Right? And I think that that actually is a really, you know, in a strange way, is a very good example of what it, I think sometimes what we do. Instead of changing our core behavior and making our life easier, we add other subtracts mm -hmm. of other things that we do that we now have to manage two or three things instead of just doing the one properly or more mm -hmm. efficiently or more directly. And quite honestly, confrontation is a skill. It's a mindset. It's a choice. And even though it's scary and the fear is what holds us back, fear of something, if we get into the habit and the skill set for actually just like, I'm just going to confront these things, I think our effectiveness goes up. And I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm just saying for myself, I've realized a lot of these things. I don't think I've really played them out in every aspect of my life or all the people in my life. But that really rings true to me, if that makes any sense at all. The shampoo, that was a good one. That was yeah, a good we one. watched that on Jim Gaffigan the other night. Is that what's in <laughs> your head? Well, but Jim I think Gaffigan, yes. Applying that metaphor to something like we talked Jim about Gaffigan. earlier. He's a great Wisdom. Great <laughs> no, but like we talked about, you talked about like setting, having a second product to support other bad habits. And when we were talking about letting the TV run oh, in the background, yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there were other bad habits that that was supporting that there might've been, this is me projecting, there might've been a feeling of loneliness. And so you might theoretically, I know when I, you know, drink alcohol quite a bit, like consistently, I'm feeling loneliness or some kind of emptiness. And so then I'm self-medicating mm -hmm. and then I'm feeling lonely. So I have maybe some other sensory inputs. If I have multiple screens going, I'm not relaxing. I think I am, but mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm using other systems to fill this void and I keep chasing it. I'm never actually addressing the root issue. It's a cool observation. That is a cool observation. I think I, upon reflection, I was probably just, just trying to distract myself from what I knew subconsciously were bad choices mm -hmm. like no one wants to drink too much in silence yeah <laughs> because then you're, almost, then you're an your alcoholic <laughs> yeah. which is what i was mm -hmm. so yeah and am because that's how that works yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well i am really grateful as always for everybody coming and being like fully open with each other. It's so nice to have a space like this where we can talk and know that no matter what we say about how bad we suck, we all still care about each other and want the best for each other. So I am very grateful for this space. So thank you to all of you for everything that you did. Yeah. Thank you for being vulnerable. And You're of, welcome. And of course, thank you to everybody who is listening. We're so grateful for the community here. And, and our thoughts are that if you know anybody who would actually value this content, maybe they suck and you want to just slowly and easily tell them they suck. Maybe you could give them this content, okay? Hey, suck less. Listen to this. Connect them with us. Share this episode to them. You could invite them into the Outpost community. We'll just talk about it for them. You could even just point us in their direction so we can find them. And hey, tell Lacey, them. Wednesday at noon. I need you. To <laughs> I'll invite them to my rumble session. <laughs> just come over at noon. It's going to be It's going to be fine. It's, yeah, you'll love it. You'll love it. Have you had all your shots? <laughs> but really, if if there's anybody who would resonate with this content, who you'd love to share it with, we would love that and would love to have them into our outpost community as well. So we can just, we can all... We mean that too, because this is a weird and hard 
thing to find. Like yes. we are what is ostensibly right now a board game company running a podcast about this other thing. Mm-hmm. And there are people who would probably really enjoy this show that would never know to look for it. Mm-hmm. If you have a friend or a sibling or somebody that would enjoy if do you have a friend? Do you have a friend? <laughs> do you have, if you even have a friend. Listen. Oh, do, does your mom love you? <laughs> but pull- if they had friends they wouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> Pulling it back, you know, like just for a second, like if let's say you don't have a friend you want to give this to, but you also want to support this kind of conversation, rate it on whatever podcast thing you're looking at, review it and subscribe. So when you listen to podcasts, do you look at the thing when you're looking at this podcast thing that you're using? Just do what Teresa said. That's all I'm saying. I mean, Can we just get well? that sound bite just to do like play that on a regular? Just do it, Teresa. I need said. to stop sucking and stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Let's go have a snack or something, okay? Mm. Rice Krispie Treats. I appreciate you all. We hope you have a good rest of your day, <laughs> evening. Tom's trying to say something. I'm not going to let him do it. I'm going to talk over him. I suck. Have a wonderful day, evening, afternoon, and we will talk. He's going to try to squeeze it very, in very, no. very soon. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thoughts. <laughs> Wow. I'm ashamed of myself. Goodbye. We're all ashamed of you. (laughs) Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Tom, just, just suck less. The okay, that's <laughs> silence. Really, the most beautiful thing I've seen in a while. Uh... <laughs>